0: Lots of things are better together. Hockey, food, golf, filling out mock drafts leading up to the actual draft in April, filling out March Madness brackets that are going to be dumpster fires within the first weekend of the tournament here. But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York.
4: You're listening to DraftKings Network. Welcome back to Gojo and Golick. I'm Jesse Cofield. Let me headline some of the top stories swirling around the NFL right now. So we got more drama for Justin Fields in Chicago. Cream Hunt rejoins the Brown, and Cam Akers' tenure in LA is over as he is headed. To Minnesota. So for more on these stories, other NFL news and notes, let's get into it. The guys are standing by with the Athletic Senior NFL Insider, Diana Rossini.
0: Yeah, very excited. A little yes, reunion here with one yeah. of our favorite former teammates in Diana Rossini. Diana, <laughs> congratulations on all the success and the move over to the Athletic. How you doing, bud?
5: Uh-oh.
1: i'm back baby hi guys
0: (laughs) there we go (laughs) there she is how you doing yeah
1: at this new job i'm learning you have to turn your mic on so you know people at ESTN used to do that for me but here you know you have to learn how to use switch buttons uh i heard jesse introduce me as senior and i'm just playing off the conversation you guys were having a couple minutes ago you hear senior and it's almost like you make me seem like i'm 65 years old but um that's good in
3: your business right to to be titled that not not so much for me but good for you right
1: yeah, someone made that up i don't yeah. even know how you how you get to the level of senior as a as a writer you know what i mean like I, like what does that even mean so yeah when when they presented that or at least when they like put out just you know a release that they had hired me they they added that and i was like wow that sounds so darn important but it's so not important i'm literally just doing the same exact thing i did at espm <laughs> but now i
2: just feel cooler there you go
0: right, listen and you know what yeah. doing it extremely well still which we're <laughs> fired up about here uh and Diana, Lord knows you've had enough to keep you busy here uh, in this last week or so of news. We talked before about what's gone on with the Chicago Bears, their defensive coordinator, Alan Williams, yesterday announcing his resignation. What have you heard around the league about this story and what's gone on at House Hall lately?
1: Yeah, journalism is dead, guys, uh, as you saw yesterday. Yeah. Uh, you know, I feel bad for for people who get stuck in these situations where their stories are being um sort of formed through rumor and bad information. And it had been flying around. And, and, and look, some of it is actually to, I will put on the Chicago bears because they continue to just kind of stay quiet on the situation. And when you hear silence from a team, all that does is like, uh, you know, throw the flags up from reporters to just start digging on it. Right. Like the less you say, the more we want to know and more, the more fans want to know, especially when it's a team that's struggling as much as they as the Chicago Bears are right now. So um, we started actually working on the story uh, late last week to just try to figure out what was happening. And it's truly been described to me through multiple conversations. Uh, through through sources with the Bears organization, sources with the league, sources with people close um, to the defense, well, the now former defensive coordinator, that this is personal. This is a situation happening in his family, and he felt that he needed to step away from working with the Bears to address it, take care of it, and make a priority uh, in his household. So while You know, it's it's always difficult when you're reporting these type of stories. A, you want to be respectful to people's personal lives. This is is something they're handling. It's their business. But, you know, when there's so many rumors flying around, um, if we spent every second of the day addressing lies, guys, I would never – I don't sleep anyway, but I would really not sleep. Um, So it was one of those – as soon as the Bears came out and said – Police did not raid our our building. Police did not raid his home. Um, they they addressed a lot of the rumor, which then we had to then uh, clarify. So I feel like it's really important to clarify. There was nothing criminal here. There was nothing violent here. No, there's no the police are not involved in this. Uh, this is truly um, a personal situation that has nothing to do with the Bears at all.
3: Yeah, and you're right about journalism. Anybody that buys a blue check, they can go ahead and write what they want and start rumors. It gets absolutely ridiculous. And luckily for the Bears, now they're not playing well, yeah. so I don't know if it's luckily. Matt Floos is a defensive coach, so he can you know grab the reins for a while until uh, they decide what direction they're going to go. Another side of it, Diana, from from your perspective, we got Justin Fields giving the, the presser that he gave really started explaining things. Everybody ran with the, he was blaming the coaches. He pulled every, all the reporters together in the locker room, tried to, you know, say what he meant there. How about from your side, someone who asked those questions now and how he went about it and what you expect his pressers to be like after admitting he needed to bet, maybe backtrack a little bit?
1: Yeah, so fortunately, I have tons of experience with drama when it comes to coaching quarterbacks because I worked in Washington for years, right? So <laughs> I was there during the Shanahan era with Robert Griffin III, Kirk Cousins, Kyle Shanahan, Mike Shanahan, and eventually Dick Gruden. So that was a pretty normal week for us. So I'm very broken, and it takes a lot at this point in my career to be like, oh my gosh, things are crazy, uh, because nothing, nothing will ever come close to what that, drama was there. So yesterday when I was listening to Justin Fields and I, and I actually happened to have it pulled up and I was listening to it live, um, I knew soon as he said, soon as he was asked why he wasn't comfortable or why he wasn't playing um, with his own instincts and his own natural ability and what he was, was more prone to do, as um, soon as I, I heard the reporter follow up, well, why not? And he said, I oh, know could be coaching. You know, no, it's coaching. And I, and I was like, oh, here we go. And <laughs> And I could see just inside of this, right? So he'd actually spent a lot of time taking the blame um, during this press conference, discussing some of the issues that the, we were having. He was just, this was just my opinion. He was just tossing up reasons at that point because they had, they were already a few minutes in. So he'd already taken the blame, already said they had to do more. And then he included the word coaching, which then immediately throws a red flag up, although that's what it is. This is the play calling. This is why Justin Fields is not playing well. And I do believe the reality of this is it's both. I think it's some Justin Fields, and I do think it's some coaching. And I think this is a team that is trying to find his identity. They're trying to play into his strengths and figure out how to do that in a productive way, while also trying to protect him and protect the organization and the future of them by continually growing him and pushing him to become a, a pocket passer. And I think that's a lot of the frustrations that we are hearing through a lot of these interviews and a little bit of confusion also because we've seen the production and it hasn't been good.
0: Yeah, the struggle has certainly been real in Chicago for the Bears. They're going to try and write that ship probably with fewer words going forward. Diana, I want to switch <laughs> as we talk about bizarre stories in the NFL to what's been going on around the Las Vegas Raiders with one of their star pass rushers in Chandler Jones, who they announced yesterday they put on the non-football injury list. What does the future look like for Chandler Jones and this organization based on all of the strange social media postings and other issues surrounding this player?
1: Yeah, it's certainly really frightening when you see messages like that on Instagram and Twitter, and and it's not like the fans are just seeing it. His teammates are seeing it. His former teammates uh, from other teams, you know, especially in Arizona, they've all seen it, and and everyone has concerned because it's been really erratic and and emotional, and it seems very impulsive. Um, And it's been going on for over a month, and the Raiders have been dealing with this in-house. They've been very quiet about the reality of what's happening um, to try to respect the player's position and situation. And they've been trying to get him help, from what I can gather. Uh, You know, the league is involved. They've been kept aware of what's happening. So, you know, from a football standpoint, when you have a player not showing up and you have a player going through something, obviously, here – Um, you know, he's tying up a roster spot, right? Again, we're talking the business side of this. I don't want to be, I don't want to, you know, not show any sensitivity or compassion to the situation. So let's just talk football to this. You know, this is a roster spot that the Raiders could use. Uh, But in order for that spot to be open, they, they need to put him on the NRI. And in order to get that, there's a lot of medical that is involved, doctors, counselors that would have to be, part of it, which is what the Raiders were eventually able to get. So now Chandler Jones is going, you know, he's stepping to the side here, going to get some help. Uh, They're going to try to support that. And we're going to have to just wait and see for when doctors, along with the Raiders feel that he's in a position in his overall health to rejoin the team. I do know they don't, they're not giving up on him because I had a couple conversations over the last month of, if this is such a distraction, if this is such a problem, if this is taking a roster spot, why not cut them? Just cut them, right? Move on. We've seen other teams do it, and I, I don't get the feeling that that's an op- that's an option for them. They they understand Chandler Jones is an important part of their of their defense, but I think they want to see this through, and they do they do want to try to help him.
3: Well, I mean, it is a guy in 11 full seasons, and only four of them did he have single-digit sacks. He's had double. The rest has 112 sacks, so I could see why they would still like Chandler Jones, a football player, on the field. Another team that would like their player back on the field is the Giants and Saquon Barkley, who's missed time in 19 with an ankle injury, missed time in 21 with an ankle injury. And here we are again with another ankle injury that Brian Dayball says, well, he's a quick healer but I don't think it's going to be that quick. What What do we think with Saquon and time missed?
1: Yeah. I, I love the giants coming out swinging yesterday <laughs> the, you know, or two days ago, trying to you know keep everyone uh, in check and try to make it as competitive as they can. Cause let's face it, the guys, the New York giants are going to have to play every absolute card they can to have a shot against this high powering, you know, 49ers team uh, on both on, you know, both sides of the ball for sure. Um, so, Saquon, notoriously, historically at least, um, has tried to get back quick, right? We'll, we'll call it the quick healing. Well, you're not a quick healer if you rush back and you re injure it, right? Yeah. So, um, I think we all have seen Saquon Barkley's workouts. We know his determination. I'm never going to take that away from him. I've been around him for years. He, he's an animal <laughs> when it comes to his focus on football and his physical makeup and the work that he puts into his body, not just, um, you know, from a strength perspective, but from a care that, you know, he it's, it's a little Tom Brady-esque in terms of the effort he puts into it. But there's not much you can do When it comes, unless you have a really good conversation with God, uh, you know, to get get this healing process up. Although, do you remember, this just reminded me that, do you remember when Gettleman drafted him? He said that Saquon Barkley was touched by the hand of God. Yeah. So maybe he has a line. Maybe he can quickly call God and be like, hey, help me out with this angle. (laughs) Uh, I need it this year, right? Like the Giants need me and I need this for for my future and for my contract situation. So uh, look, I still think it's going to be time. (laughs) Um, the the Giants had told me that it was going to be a week to week injury. Um, I think that's always the hope going into these things, but we've seen all around the league like it, these things are going to take time. and And I'd be really surprised to see Saquon back on the field after this game in, for the next game. I, I think it's just going to be a few
3: weeks. I agree. They have 11 days after this one, but still, it's it's going to be tough, I think, to get him back.
0: Yeah, no, uh, uh, like you said, and like Diana said there, it it makes no sense for the player, and for him, especially at this point, to rush back and be less than yourself because you're trying to work through an injury quickly. For a guy at a position that's already been a group more apt to hold out.
3: It's a great line Diana had as far as it's not, you're not a quick healer if you go back and end up getting hurt again. Yes, exactly. I mean, you are if you come back early and can make it through the rest of the season without getting hurt. Exactly.
0: Yeah. All right, let's get down to the real business here because Diana, unfortunately, had to listen to us devolve into chaos in the last segment when she was coming on here. Diana, the, the pickleball got bloody for us yesterday. I'm curious because you're an incredibly competitive person. I'd assume your family's the same way. What's like the most competitive thing that the Rossini family does when they all get together? You and your extended family now with your husband.
1: Outside of drinking, um, because they do that like,
0: <laughs> which, yeah.
1: You never grow out of that. I don't understand. I watch my brother and my brother in law and my, my husband and his brothers, and we're all together. And they just, I don't know if this is a man thing, and maybe you guys can explain it, but I don't understand the need to always like yell out how much you've had, right? Like, my husband be like, I had 10 <laughs> dudes. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I'm like, yeah, thing. and look at you. Yeah. You look yeah, like, yeah. Bob, like Like, why are you showing that off? Like I would play it the other way, you know. I'd be like, I've had two, and you know.
6: Yeah. Um,
1: so the, the drinking unfortunately is competitive especially a kid's birthday party. So that's unfortunately like the new oh. hangout spot for us. And and everyone in my family has young kids, so we've figured out the only way to really get through it is to just is to be drunk. Um because all these kids are the same, you know, all similar ages, all together. It's 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 very it's a horrible situation actually. So drinking has helped with that. But outside of that, I mean everyone is out of shape. Everyone is fat. Um no one takes care of themselves. No one eats well in our family. Um but for whatever reason we like tennis and and oh. there's a court near my parents' house. So my parents like to have family dinners there a lot. So we will go to the court before dinner and play. Um, And by the way, I say it as if we did this last week. This was like five years ago. (laughs) Yet you would think this just happened because I made it to the championship round, of course. And my brother-in-law, who is a gym teacher, and if you saw him, he looks like a guidance counselor. He doesn't look like a gym teacher. (laughs) Um, I tell him all the time, I'm like, how do you teach teenage kids in high school about health and fitness and your fat? Like how does that work? And he's always like, "Well, I'm the example of what not to do. This is why we try hard at dodgeball. This is why we work hard on the mile run. Right? You don't want to be me." He's like 34 years old too. Anyway, so he he and I made it to the championship round, and he did win. I tried cheating too, which is I've never admitted. It. This will be the first time I've ever said it out loud. Wow, and breaking and news! To find it. Some breaking news! I cheated in that game, and I still lost. uh But but the, the amount of trash talk that we have still about that match. It doesn't make any sense to me why we care so much. But I think to have a competitive spirit in a, in, in a family, whether it's games, board games, you know, or anything physical, I think, I think it keeps it alive. It keeps it fun and makes us all feel like we're young when we're all just getting old.
3: Oh, we are. And trying not to hurt ourselves. And, and Diane, I'm not going to lie. You kind of, kind of, you know, exposed yourself there a little bit by talking about just how out of shape this person is and bad this person is, and then to say, yeah. oh, and he beat me. I mean, so yeah. this out of shape, non-phys-ed-looking, phys-ed teacher, overweight dude beat you.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and here's the thing. So we don't have a lot to hang on. Like, like your family's incredible, right? Like, you guys have all these, like, athletic accomplishment. We all peaked in high school, so... <laughs> Uh, my brother-in-law's name is Jay, and he was a really good high school athlete. But after that, that was it, right? Same thing with me. I played in college, but I was not very good. So all we do is share, like our accomplishments from high school. Now, still, I'll be like, "Yeah, well, I was first team all league in all four sports." But and, and it's just, it's, oh, nobody yeah. cares. Nobody cares. Yeah. Meanwhile, I walk to the car, and I can't even breathe because I'm out of breath. You know. 20 years later. So look, if my family was smart, we'd start focusing on our physical ability and start getting in shape uh, because we're all going to probably die of heart attacks within the next five years because the way we eat and drink Um, and and look, we'll get there. But but I think we're all just kind of in it right now with these kids.
3: It sounds like the the anthem for the family is Bruce Springsteen's glory days. They just sit around and talk about it. Like, <laughs> my,
1: husband, my husband plays it on the phone <laughs> every time I start talking about it. That is. Oh, if, if you want to talk about someone who doesn't want to hear about my past, it is my husband. So he, Kevin is my husband's name and he was not a good athlete. He's a nerd. He's really bright. But it concerns me for my children because I want to have athletic boys and and I know that they have my DNA. So they're going to be fantastic athletes, but it wouldn't have hurt. It wouldn't hurt if like the the mix was fabulous. You know what I mean? If we had like uh, an all American blood in him, um, in my, in both my boys. And even sometimes I see Mikey, like put the ball like in the little net that he has by right outside his crib and he'll miss. And I'll think, all Kevin right there. That's Kevin. <laughs> you know? Mikey had his first soccer game on, on Saturday. He's only two. They don't know what they're doing. Mikey still bites people. He doesn't understand, right? <laughs> but everyone is running in one direction, right? So it's great. They're understanding. My son goes, picks the soccer ball up, and runs off the field. I looked at Cap. I go, all you, right? Like <laughs> If he was me, if it was all me, he'd be scoring, you know? but oh, this my look,
0: God. You know,
1: it's going to be a tough run, I think. And I'm sure you probably feel for Mikey and Joey already.
0: Wow. And you know what, man? I thought I was going out on a limb, throwing my sister-in-law under the bus at the pickleball course. She, Diana yeah, has she joined wins. me in this fight. She understands we're not going to make excuses for the people whose fault things are. Yeah. And I appreciate that level of honesty from our friend Diana Russini here. Senior insider <coughs> yes. covering the NFL for the <laughs> athletic Diana, it's so good catching up with oh. you, Bub. We'll have to do it again yes. real soon here. Good luck to you as you try and overcome the <laughs> other half of your gene pool in the house.
5: Oh
1: my goodness. I love you guys. It was so good to see you. I will come on whenever you whatever you want, because this just feels good. Sometimes yeah. I feel like I should have been in your family, but although I will say I'm probably a little too harsh. You guys are kind people. We're, we're, I'm a little too <laughs> nasty sometimes. So, you're just you know, here having... group
0: tech. So, I don't yeah, know. I was gonna <laughs> say. I mean, we'll, we'll see if my sister in law agrees with yeah. me when we get off the uh, the set here. Thank you, <laughs> Thanks, Diana. Thanks, Bye, Uh-oh. guys. Thanks. Oh, oh that's awesome. Ta- listen, you know, what, oh. by the way, side note here guidance <laughs> counselors catching a real stray. Oh, out my out gosh. As we power rank high school teacher athletic ability among the various professions in the building. I didn't realize, guidance counselor, you like, honestly, our guidance counselor in our building was my high school football Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. You're right. We sort of life hacked
3: that. While you just basically ran over Jenny, your sister-in-law, about how bad you thought she played, Diana is not only running over, she's backing up. Over yes. her family, I mean, yeah. it is it is unbelievable.
0: Yeah. No, oh my gosh. You know what? Honesty is the best policy. So, coming up next, we will be as honest as possible as we look ahead to an unbelievable slate of college football games coming up to right week three's roms. That's next here on Go Joe and Goalie. Whether you're hosting game day or movie night, DiGiorno knows that planning a watch party on a budget isn't easy. You need the perfect setting, the perfect squad and the perfect eats. Luckily, you're a game-time mastermind, and you know that grabbing DiGiorno Classic Crust Pizza can bring home a dub because it's packed with half a pound of cheese, sauce, and other toppings and comes at an incredible price. Make the game-winning call and grab a DiGiorno Classic Crust Pizza from the grocery store today. It's not delivery. It's DiGiorno.
4: All right, welcome back to Gojo and Go Like Jesse Cofield here. We're going to look ahead to some big college football games this weekend. And if you want to see one of those games live, you may want to check out our friends at GameTime.co. You guys are always looking for tickets. We're trying to help you out here. So always an option, GameTime.co.
0: Yes, and I can assure you, like, last minute, whatever you need here, they are awesome here. It should make it not stressful for you at all. Great deals on tickets right up to the last minute of the game. And you can go over and use promo code GOJO and get $20 off your first purchase (laughs) with all those great deals. I
3: think one of the best things about it is you can actually see your seat. Yes. Before you get there and go, oh, my God, this is my seat. You can see your seat on the app and see what what kind of seat you're going to get before you buy a ticket. that applies to
0: concerts, that applies to shows, that applies to sporting events, so everything through the fine folks at game time. They are incredible.
3: I am scared right now. That's I'm scary. getting the hell out of the way because we're doing this show in my basement. Jake, Jenny, and our wonderful grandson, Jackson, are here. We went and played pickleball yesterday, uh, and me and, and my wife beat Mike and Jenny uh, all the games, except for one. I think we won three, uh, and they won one. So I won the bet in this one, and Mike has done nothing but throw Jenny, his sister-in-law, under the bus. And Jenny, come on. I mean, I don't know if I threw her into the bus. No, you threw her into the bus. Well, you we'll hear what she bus.
4: has to say about it. Yes, get in
3: there, no, Jenny. She I just, to Jenny, you gotta talk into
0: the microphone. Yeah.
4: I just have to be
2: honest here because I think Mike's a coward. <laughs> he knows that I am upstairs and he decides to take it out on here instead of saying anything to my face. I am the butt end of many jokes of this family. Jake is never on my side. I asked Jake and he was like, Mike is the one that held you back yesterday. Mike held you back. I mean, truthfully, how many do you hit him out of the court? He acts like he gets in this swing that he just launches it. Oh, so and yesterday, so yesterday
0: Jenny's saying, oh, man, I'm really jealous of Mike's great swing. Oh, yeah. it, looks yeah, it looks incredible.
2: Looks oh. incredible. Was it accurate? No. So I mean, It's a lot more just, accurate than
0: this wrist motion from you caught between bro. worlds going up to the net. I would, oh, I would like to talk. go back
2: today. I, I'll, go, I'll go anytime. And, I know you leave tomorrow. And but. we're
0: not going to talk about <clears> the, <throat> the fact that running towards the net as we played doubles against my parents, my sister-in-law Jenny called my mom the okay. B word yeah. as my mom she hit a ball oh, right at Jenny. Did. Cursed at my mom yeah. listen, running towards listen, the net listen, in real time. That was you my did.
2: second part of this is I would like to give a public <laughs> apology to my mother-in-law for calling her a B.
0: <laughs>
2: loudly to her face. In front of my son and many other lovely, many others, yeah. lovely. We might people. be banned from
0: those courts. By the way, yeah. the language coming from our court was a lot different than everyone. Well, else I have did. to say,
2: you were a lot better than I thought. Well, I
0: appreciate that. Yeah,
2: you move. I mean, you move like a hundred-year-old man in the house, but you <laughs> on the court. I was, I'm honestly beginning to think it's fake inside because yeah, he, he, he was hustling pretty well, left, right, up, back, everything. Just yeah. know
3: I had your back this morning Thank when he you. was ripping you. Thank you. you. So. And
2: uh, so that's all I had to say. You're a coward. Wow. wow. Uh, wow. And if you want to talk s again, you can say it to my face. I'm right upstairs. Wow. We'll happily have a good conversation. Hope wow. the rest of the show goes well, everybody. Just wanted to let everyone know the truth.
3: Thanks, Jenny. So. Thank wow. you. Check Thank out you,
4: Orange Jenny. and, and Swamp, Scott. Yeah, Literally. We, we like to hear both sides of the story. And I think there's kind of only one solution to this, which is that Jake, who apparently is sidelined with a back injury, takes video of the rematch today. So we can see some of this in action. Cause I've seen both of you imitating each other's swings. There's been some wrist movements. There's been some follow through movements. And I think we just need to see it on video.
0: You know what? We probably do because That'll be the game changer for everyone. <laughs> I want the eye in the sky to tell the story.
3: Here, like here's the only problem: the eye in the sky will really. It'll be one of those where we'll play. It'll be filmed, and then we'll look at it and yeah. go, "Oh my God, are we awful at this? Yeah, we look so unathletic doing this. All of us, not maybe, not just maybe one. That's
0: probably for the best. Then that we don't. Videotape we don't. Yes. This, so we can maintain <clears throat> the image we think yeah. we have in our. I head think how so. We look playing. I this think sport. so. Yeah. We are going to do that. <clears throat> In the meantime, I think we all need to relax a little bit, because speaking of what gets said when the cameras are running here, how about my guy Mad Dog yesterday? Oh my god! So we're looking up ahead at one of the best college football yes. slates of the year right now. Number 6 Ohio State at Notre Dame for college game day. Number 24 <clears throat> Iowa versus Penn State. Colorado and Oregon. Oregon State and Washington State. The Tupac Bowl. Yep, Tupac Bowl. Old yeah. Miss and Alabama. UCLA and Utah. You've got six ranked-ranked matchups this week. And Mad Dog went on first take yesterday and laid out his plan for the weekend in a way I have never seen someone do on daytime television.
5: I am going to I'll get a run in. I'll take the two dogs, Bo and Riley, for a walk. At about 12 o'clock, I'll sit down, I'll make an early cocktail, uh, I'll cut a gummy in half. What's a gummy? A gummy? I'll cut a gummy in half. Keep listening. Uh, uh, I'll cut a gummy in half. We got Florida State Clemson. I like the Florida State quarterback. I'll do something there. At about 325, when I'm sauced, I'm not driving in the house, 325. I'll put the call in to Fat Rob, 718-504. I'll put the call in to Fat Rob. Rob, you know what? What the hell? I can't root for Oregon. All right. you know I'll pretend on TV, put 10 dimes on Colorado. It's probably Colorado and Dion. That's the game. <laughs> so by 325, I'll be sitting down with my shorts, little T-shirt. Cocktail. I'll have the other half of gummy.
2: Oh, you save it for later. I'll have half. I half. thought you were just rationing you're swear, it.
5: You gonna sweat and take a rag while you doing that?
4: <laughs> the times, well, it's the time what. stamps for me. It's him having it planned out. Three twenty-five. He knows yeah, exactly when he's doing what.
0: I really need to know if this is how Mad Dogs out here living. Because first off, I mean, listen, I didn't know we could just talk about drugs on television like that. And I well, get, it's legal. I get you, know, I to say, places. weeds in yeah, different yeah, yeah. places just right. like drinking now. So honestly, yep, yep, I'm glad it's progressive yep, stuff for Bad Dog, a guy who's been traditionally in this sports takes not very progressive on certain issues. Yep. But man, hitting the delayed release on the gummy—that's usually a recipe for disaster. When you pull the old "Oh, I'm not feeling anything. Let me take more." Oh my God, but now it's all. Super he möglich. did
3: seem to know his rationing point, right? Apparently. To cut one in half and take one a few hours well, later. I want to know how
0: many milligrams Mad Dog's taking to the gummy here. Like, are we talking about a ten milligram gummy here? Is Mad Dog on some real stuff? Like, what are we doing? And I
3: want to know—is he really putting ten Gs
0: on Colorado? Also, I'm, well, yeah, quietly, like, man, I know well, Mad Dog was doing well. But I know, had, like a casual well, ten bands. Well, that's the Saturday. thing.
3: I mean, are you just saying that? Are you actually doing it? Because we could sit here and say we're doing that, but I also, mean, so we're not.
0: <laughs> also, put it on the pole. Guillermo is calling a thousand dollars a dime. Yeah, ten dimes. Is that something that people do? I've heard stacks, racks. I've bands. heard bands. Yeah. I've heard all yeah. that stuff. I have never heard someone say ten dimes. I've also heard ten thousand dollars. Well, yeah, but that yeah, doesn't okay. sound cool. Know. All right. Is, is
3: everything now like everything all the lexicon just has to be cool?
0: I mean, I don't think Mad Dog did this for fun. Although shout out to Marcus Spears, Marcus the real Spears. star of that show. Oh job. my God. Because Marcus was like me. Like we came up watching no like no offense. <coughs> you guys yeah. met like you and Mad Dog on TV. Yeah. And listening to you guys on radio. And we, and we never said that. No, like I mean the mouse <laughs> still signs his checks. Yeah. And apparently yeah. now the mouse is down with the green. Yeah.
3: Well maybe it's the mo- green. Maybe the mouse is splitting the gummy too. Who knows? We don't know. That's true. He is very
4: happy in all of, you know, when you see him. He looks... Uh Yeah.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And isn't that what life's about? Go ahead. Give me another one. Should Uh be happy. Uh Uh Oh, you should be happy.
4: (laughs) Was that a toy? Is that a children's toy from the room or is that you, Gojo?
3: it's either oh either God. that or jason fitz is right outside the door
0: oh. yeah. <laughs> either God. either one of those could qualify there so for everyone getting ready to watch college football this weekend <laughs> wow go ahead and step game up man mad dog just laid it down here at Gojo and golik on twitter how will you be getting ready for your college football slate this weekend as we get one of the best in the business i've never planned
3: it out that detail like that i knew i'd be sitting on the couch watching but i it's not like i had a menu or a drink or a gummy plan you know it, it would just kind of happen. He's got it laid out. Good for him. You know, as he said, you know, um I think he was asked, "Is he going to have anybody with him?" He said he's an only child, and he's his best company. So, <laughs> you know what? Okay. I,
0: you know what I will say though is, I would like now a live stream event, watching Mad Dog yeah. go through this process and watch the game because I have maintained. I'm getting ready to call this game, and I'd imagine. Oregon's a heavy favorite in this game. I think a lot of people expect them to win, but I want to paint you a picture in a world where it's the first quarter of this game. We're about eight minutes in it's knotted up at zero zero. It's been a rough start. And all of a sudden Shador Sanders hits a deep bomb and Colorado scores to go up in this game right as Mad Dog's first gummy is really starting to settle in and mix with the drink there, that man's going to be as close to modern-day nirvana as yep. any person gets. Thinking about his 10, re- ten bands or ten pen, whatever he called it on their 10 dimes, ten dimes yeah. all of a sudden getting ready to cash, his body's numb, he's levitating off the couch. I want that for everybody this week.
3: But but this is truly two days of it, right? We know on Sunday, it, it, you know, it's, it's Chris Hansen, it's seven hours of uninterrupted football. You're Know you're gonna be on the couch that long well this time around you know you're gonna be on the couch that long for college used to the couch
4: brought to you by Wrangler jeans shirts and jackets made for the ride of life be ready for those cooler days and longer nights in styles that keep you warm and keep you comfortable moving and looking great no matter where you are you can wear Wrangler jeans literally anywhere at work out at night playing a pickup game with friends or at home watching the game on tv they're that comfortable and that durable and there's a wrangler shirt for every occasion casual tees snaps and button-ups or layer them together for a little of both and don't forget the iconic wrangler jackets when the weather starts to chill and you need to venture out wrangler will keep you ready for anything add some wrangler to your get up with jeans, shirts, and jackets that look great, fit great, and move great. So you're always ready for whatever life throws at you. Save 15% on your first Wrangler.com order when you use the promo code GOJO15. Wrangler, for the ride of life.
0: It's the most wonderful time of the year. March Madness getting ready to go in college basketball. And we got some of the best stars in the sport finally trying to close the deal. Zach Eady at Purdue trying to see if he can cap off an historic career with a championship. Much like his counterpart on the women's side and Caitlin Clark, who's been one of the biggest names in sports this entire year. And is looking to see if she can snag that elusive championship that's eluded her during her career. Regardless of who makes it to that final game of the tourney, though, one thing's for certain. It's going to take the most talented people like the two I just mentioned working together to help these teams play at a high level. If you're hiring, you want the most talented people on your team to help your business go to the next level. How do you find them? ZipRecruiter. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com Gojo. ZipRecruiter uses matching technology to score excellent candidates for your job. Immediately after you post your job, ZipRecruiter's powerful technology starts showing you qualified people for it. And once you review your list of the most qualified candidates for your job, you can easily invite your top choices to apply, so they're more likely to apply sooner. Pick ZipRecruiter to help you build a winning team. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash Gojo. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash Gojo. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire.
4: Welcome back to Gojo and Golick. It is a huge weekend in college football. Six ranked matchups this week. Number six, Ohio State. Versus number nine Notre Dame, number twenty four Iowa versus number seven Penn State, number nineteen Colorado versus number ten Oregon, number fourteen Oregon State at number twenty one Washington State, number fifteen Ole Miss versus number thirteen Alabama, and number twenty two UCLA versus number eleven Utah. And guys, we talked about this. There's been a ton of back and forth between Lane Kiffin and Nick Saban ahead of this Ole Miss Alabama game, and with all the history between these two, you know Lane Kiffin does want you to know ton of respect here.
6: I think that sometimes with time, those things happen, um, you know, that you, uh, continue to be appreciative for the opportunity that he gave, but not just that, you know, people give people opportunities all the time, but the, you know, the things that I learned from him, uh, defensively, things I learned from him organizationally, discipline. Um, so I'm extremely grateful to him and, and he really helped me at a really challenging time in my life. Um, you know, like they kind of say sometimes, I guess. You don't really figure out yourself sometimes until you're kind of torn down and have to rebuild yourself. And I'm grateful for him being part of that process. I think they're outstanding. Obviously, what they fourth in the country or something in total offense and scoring, you know, 52 points a game and 526 yards. So this is a, and, you know, Lane's an offensive guy, did a great job when he was here. And he's done a great job there, and the players do a great job of executing him, which is always a good sign of, you know, a well-coached team. And uh, I, I think he's done a fantastic job there. I just really respect him so much, and I think as you, you know, continue to mature, grow, and get older, um, and as a head coach, you know, you you realize how much a head coach has to deal with. Even though I've been one before, and all the the issues with players and coaches and then you know to be at the top as long as he he was and see how consistent he was and we'd have games we'd blow people out and that's him i mean western kentucky we're blowing him out and he's losing his mind on me like you know we're losing to auburn or something so that that's him and that's why he's so good because he's so consistent
4: Okay, so a lot of compliments, but that also comes after like a lot of trolling. Lane Kiffin has been out here suggesting Nick Saban secretly changed defensive coordinators, blah, blah, blah. Two days ago then, we saw on Twitter Lane Kiffin posting Taylor Swift's castles crumbling amidst the drama. Perhaps a thinly veiled reference to what's going on here at Alabama. I don't know.
0: Is that Finley veiled or is that that a sledgehammer veil? He remains college football's (laughs) premier internet troll. He is truly the gift that keeps on giving to us there. But it was cute to hear them talk nicely about each other because he is right. I mean, we saw, we all know Lane Kiffin's story, the precipitous rise and then fall right after, and then finds himself at Nick Saban's home for wayward boys, where he comes and is able to not only usher in an era of offense that changed college football (laughs) and what it did for Alabama, but certainly changed the course of Lane Kiffin's life as now he got back into the head coaching service. Circuit and has landed where he's landed at Ole Miss.
3: It's it, for all these games this weekend. For all of them, it's something different to watch. And Ole Miss, Alabama is the coaches, right? Yes. We're going to see play on the field, but we're waiting for the coaches talking before the game. We're waiting for whatever the outcome. The coaches together after the game, and then for Lane Kiffin's initial tweet after the game if they were to win this game. So it's different things like you, the Utah UCLA. UCLA, the third best rushing team with this freshman quarterback, Dante Moore, against Utah, 10th in the nation, giving up just 65 yards a game. So that's the matchup there. Each one of those, each one of these games has a great matchup that we're looking at. Obviously, Oregon, Colorado, the game you're calling just because of what Colorado is right now. And this the first true test for what they're going to do. But without question, Ole Miss and Alabama, there's going to be some. And, you know, the cameras are going to be there, too. You know, oh, yeah. I, 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 the televised game, the cameras are going to be right on the coaches after big plays. That
0: one's certainly going to be cameras on the coaches, Oregon and Colorado. Because remember Dan Lanning before the season? Yes. Pretty critical. Yes, Not he necessarily was. necessarily specifically of Dion. But right. when the conversation was about Colorado moving to the Big 12, he said, well, what have they done? Yeah. They haven't done anything in our league. Yeah. Why should that matter exactly. with them? So but, that wasn't at Dion, but, but Dion's going to
3: make yeah. it as he should.
0: You find anything to put a chip on your or your player's shoulders, and, and that's what he should do. And it's interesting looking at the guys, lines for these games because we mentioned there's six ranked-ranked matchups this weekend. Plus Florida State-Clemson. plus <laughs> Florida. And that's that's where I was getting is this is the interesting part is you look at games like Colorado versus Oregon. Colorado number 19, Oregon number 10. Oregon is a 21-point favorite in that game right now on DraftKings right. Sportsbook. You look at number 24, Iowa. Taking on number seven, Penn State. Penn State's a 14 and a half point favorite in that game. You look at Ohio State going on the road against Notre Dame, six versus nine. Ohio State, the sixth ranked team. They're a three point favorite on the road. Florida State is the fourth ranked team in the country right now. Clemson, according to the AP poll, is unranked right now. Florida State is a two-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. Which is amazing. That is an unbelievable yeah. amount of respect from the folks in Vegas that do be knowing, like they were the yep. ones, yep. that stinky line last week with Kansas State, ranked team going on the road at Missouri, and were only a small favorite there and end up losing that game outright on the ma- on the major league thicker kick at the end of that game here. That's one where I think we've all looked at Clemson and seen some of the early demise this season, the loss to Duke early on in a standalone <laughs> right. game that everyone's paying attention to and looked at this Florida State team with all their transfers and Keon Coleman and the same deal, that primetime effect went both ways in opposite directions for these two teams to start the season. Vegas looks at this game and does not see the similar situation here, Dad. And I'm not really sure how to look at it myself. Florida State should win this game They should and should win it decisively based on what we've seen from that offense and its explosiveness so far. We know Clemson's got great personnel, but this is one where the sirens are going off in my head. So
3: I, I think it could be one of those where new quarterback this year, right? in Cade Klobnik. Yes. So now he's got a couple of games under his belt. So maybe gaining momentum. It's kind of like Ohio State, Notre Dame, Ohio State started with a new quarterback. We've talked you know, more than a few times about top tier teams that are breaking in new quarterbacks. Well, Kyle McCord for Ohio State has gotten a few games under his belt before the biggest game right now for him in traveling to South Bend this weekend to take on Notre Dame. So Maybe there's something to that. St. Clubnick's got a little more comfortable in that offense. He has thrown eight touchdowns, just two interceptions. Again, losing to Duke, though, so that made us all scratch our heads a little bit. But I do think that has something to do with it. It
0: it definitely does. But when you look at the trajectory for these teams now, it's so difficult in the early season to decipher what's real. Yes, Because since Clemson played that game and lost against Duke, you look at who they've been playing against. Charleston Southern, right. who they beat down. Florida Atlantic, who they beat down. And on the other side, Florida State, I'm sure a lot of this line is everyone looking and going, what the hell was that against Boston College last week? Yeah. Like, what business do you have being down most of the game and then winning by two against Jesse? I'm sorry for this yeah. slander right here. Lost to college, not yeah. a good football team no, at this not. point this season. Bad. And yet, somehow, Florida State, maybe it's the look ahead, maybe it's playing with your yeah. food. We saw a lot of that yeah. going around the sport this last week, but I think that was enough for odds makers to look at kind of questions, say, hey, all right. <laughs> is every, is this as big a lock as it looked like when they're out here putting it on LSU in a game where you know, Dad, you're going to get up for that helmet sticker you see on the other side of the field. Yeah, and yeah. that's why I feel like at Clemson here, I don't have any worries about a sort of letdown. I don't any emotion. This is a week where every team that we've talked about, you're going to be up 100% for this game because you know and respect the opponent I, on the other I side. I didn't
3: expect a letdown. from. I mean, with Florida State and BC, you you did expect maybe a little bit of even though BC is in in the same conferences and they're they're not nearly as talented as Florida state. So maybe there was, these these are still 18 to 22 year olds who can't listen. We've had this at Notre Dame for how many years playing down to the competition and then pulling it out at the end or losing those games. At least Florida state won it. (laughs) At least they pulled out that win.
0: My brother in Christ. I, I mean, I was a part of teams that lost to UConn and Syracuse teams that were not good on our senior days at home because you look on tape all week in these games and you see an opponent that you're better than star ranking-wise, quality of play-wise, and then the team you end up getting in those games when you are the hunted now. And in our case, we weren't a great team then, but it's still Still Notre Dame. You recognize that especially when teams are coming and playing you at home, (laughs) this is an opportunity for guys on that roster to get tape against NFL players that they're going to try and show and make their future on, and to get over if they think a program should have recruited them. Any number of things where you're going to get uncommon effort, usually a game plan that you haven't seen on tape before, and all those factors can add up and snowball. And so You get credit for getting by that, but apparently, according to Vegas, only so much.
3: This is one of those weeks where no artificial uh, blowing up or or getting ready for a game should be necessary, right? These are all games where it should all be right there at all times.
0: Yes, exactly. We are all going to be ready to go, including our good friend, Mad Dog Russo. Coming up next, though, (laughs) a GOAT debate in the world of tennis. Sign me up. That's next here on Gojo and Golik. The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn five bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. That means as we lurch towards March Madness, you can try and figure out who's gonna win this whole thing. On the men's side, teams like UConn, Houston, and Purdue. On the women's side, South Carolina, Stanford, the Lady Irish and Notre Dame, or maybe Caitlin Clark's Iowa Hawkeyes finally get over the hump. Make the decision for yourself, and head over and download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code GOJO when you do. New customers can bet 5 bucks and get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code GOJO, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY, that's 467-369. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik, Michael, Jr., Michael, Sr., Jesse Cofield here. Let's finish off the show the way we always do, this, that, and the third. Three quick stories to send you off into your day. As always, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, review. Leave us that five-star rating. Let us know more of what you want to hear as we keep chugging through the fall here. Dad, Jesse, let's get to this. This is interesting, Dad, and I think probably in the best interest of these leagues surviving and doing well We saw the reports the other day that the XFL and the USFL are expected to merge now and form one league of spring football trying to be that supplemental league for the NFL. Still haven't seen specifics about how the equity is going to be shared amongst the two, who's going to televise the games or how that's going to work. But this idea of having these two sides working as one to try and continue to show the NFL this is worthwhile to me makes the most sense.
3: So it's good and bad. Uh, and, and that's the good part is that they would become stronger uh, to show the NFL maybe really be kind of more that minor league like NFL Europe, actually, which was run by the NFL, that certain teams, uh, certain A- 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 Europe teams had NFL teams underneath them. And that's where you send players and such. You would like some sort of symbiotic relationship like that. Um, and, and hopefully we'll get that. Then they just have to decide the rules, sure, because they both have different rules and such. But much stronger there uh, than two, because rarely have we seen spring leagues make it. So you you played in one, the FXFL. I always have to say that slow.
0: That yeah, if it's that hard to say, it's yeah, probably, not, gonna have yeah,
3: pro- probably yeah. not going to. Yeah, probably not going to. And the odds of both of these. Sure. Making it, we're, we're going to be slim, even though, you know, the rock is involved in one. Usually everything he touched turns to gold. You have to have deep pockets and know you're going to lose money for a number of years. So getting together, I think, is the way to go. And hopefully it works with the NFL. The downside, Mike, is now you're cutting in half the workforce. Sure. Guys with who want to try and keep that dream alive, if they don't get drafted or they go to a camp and they get cut and they don't go to a practice squad, where do they go? Now, if they only have one league to go to, now again guys are left kind of out in the cold will they try and go play up in Canada you know some forms of indoor leagues that are out there to try and keep your uh, your dream alive and that's exactly yeah. what it is you're trying to keep your dream alive i really think the rock said it best when you're your player 54 in a 53 man roster you're 54 and trying to get on that roster. So the workforce getting cut in half, I think, is a real downside.
0: Yeah, both teams carry – both <coughs> leagues carried eight teams that played 10-game schedules. But, Dad, I think this is sort of like the utilitarian model where it's do the most good – if both of these leagues weren't able to succeed and fold, then you've got nobody playing. Yep. If the one league that goes along, even if it's just with eight teams, can sustain its life cycle a lot longer, that's going to employ more guys and, over a longer period of time.
3: And, and maybe they'll have more teams. Maybe they'll have the ability, yeah, we'll if, they, if they're putting teams uh, uh, the leagues together, to have more teams.
0: We'll find out. But overall, I agree with you. I think it's the right thing to do and good idea. Also, by the way, I understood the <laughs> player 54 message because it works most. Really, if you're player 54, you're probably going to be on the practice squad. You're yeah, probably going to be on the true. team making so money. N- so. Now it should
3: be like player 70
0: almost yeah it's like, what
3: 16 or 18 players on practice well, I like
0: can say I think they're adding even yeah. more now let's just yeah. get it to the point where rock the rock has to wear a 69 jersey. yeah I think that's where we're all nice. really the winners and beneficiaries yeah. mm-hmm. here uh speaking of winners Jesse let's get to that in the world of tennis as we rarely get to go and flex our goat debate wings <laughs> over in that sport but thankfully Rafa Nadal decided to go ahead and give us the baton.
4: Yeah, so he did an interview and he basically said, um, he was talking about Djokovic and he said, I believe that numbers are numbers, statistics are statistics. In that sense, I think he has better numbers than mine and that is indisputable. I think that with respect to titles, Djokovic is the best in history and there is nothing to discuss about that. So but he re- that's pretty definitive, am I right?
3: Well, it's pretty definitive down one avenue is right. what it is. How many times did he say numbers, numbers? Basically, it's numbers don't lie. And by the numbers, he's the greatest player of all time. He has 24 Grand Slam uh, titles. Rafa Nadal has 22 and Federer has 20. They're the only three with 20 or more Federer's retired. Nadal has been injured. Djokovic is, st- is still going. But he really made it about numbers because there's a lot of people that think, Tiger Woods, the greatest golfer of all time, and he's short of, you know, Ar- Arnold Paul, I- I'm Jack sorry, Nicholas. Jack Nicholas. as far as majors are concerned. By numbers, Jack Nicholas is the greatest golfer of all time, and there are those that think he's the greatest golfer of all time, but there are a number of them that think Tiger is who doesn't have the number Jack Nicholas
0: has. So this was purely, I think a number play by Nadal. I did appreciate that Nadal was just like me. Like he didn't even entertain the Federer portion of things. Cause he's like, listen, numbers are numbers, statistics, are statistics. Yeah. I'm better than Roger. I'm second best. Yeah. Even though I mean, <laughs> damn, you thought he'd go to back for his boy when Roger retired. Nadal oh, was there. Oh my And they were holding hands. They were loving up on each other. Like he couldn't throw his dog a bone once in this conversation. I, I would have liked the conversation.
3: Somebody to ask him, okay. Uh, take numbers out of this. Just you and Djokovic, who do you think overall all time is a better player taking numbers out of it? Seeing how he
0: would answer that one. Yeah, you got to press him on that yeah. one. Maybe it's in the rest <laughs> of the article that I didn't read. And as we learned with Justin Fields earlier today, gotta context. Read it all.
4: you got to read the yeah. whole article. Yeah,
0: there you go. Yeah, he's, yeah. A, he's like, if you look in the fine print right after that, I said, I'm clearly better than Djokovic. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it will be, it will be interesting. And this has been kind of the sum total of tennis on the men's side for a while now in my adult lifetime has been these three players dominating the game. And I think for tennis, there was always this worry of, man well what comes after especially now because like you said Nadal's been hurt so much right Joker's not really for most people a sympathetic or likable figure and so it hasn't been as fun celebrating as it was with Roger, Roger Federer who was just the ultimate in class and he's slinging Rolexes here and doing all the commercial right. everyone seems to love the guy right it feels like with Alcaraz now we got another good chance at getting something special here going on in the world and, and he's not even consistently getting all there right he lost to Medvedev in the last tournament the right. US Open. there didn't get to the final but he's got all this ability he's already accomplished a lot on the world stage here and so it does feel like there's hope that they're going to be able to continue well, this
3: we always say who's next we were saying that in golf about Tiger we were saying that about you know the three tennis guys here as they were getting older who's next Alcaraz is next and the women's side who's after Serena is a Coco Golf, you know who, who kind of made her her entrance in with her first Grand Slam title at the US Open so at least we do have some young players notable young players and there are more not just those two uh, Alcaraz and Golf. Uh, to to kind of look to now to the future of uh, tennis and men and women's. It's side. an
0: exciting time. Yep. If you haven't dipped in and watched these young, oh, young man. folks go out here. And so ball, athletic. It's, uh, that's the thing. Like, it, wow. sports start to me at their best when you've got athletes so gifted at the helm <laughs> that you do not need to have a full grasp of the sport to understand how different yep. they move. Yep. And with Coco Golf and with Alcaraz, you've got players that absolutely fit that yep. mold. So excited to see that for them. But Jesse, we also oh. had to have a conversation yeah. about what these fine young athletes need in the world to sleep because there is one player for the Toronto Blue Jays who is taking this above and beyond.
4: Yeah, if the numbers don't lie, then we have the undisputed goat of sleeping. Okay, Blue Jays pitcher, (laughs) You said Kikuchi left Tuesday's game with cramps, okay, right? And he said he thinks it may have been caused by only getting 11 hours of sleep last night. Only getting 11 hours of sleep instead of his usual 13 to 14. So he typically goes to bed around 11 p.m. and wakes up at 1 p.m. So, I mean, this guy is doing numbers
3: on his pillows. I I, I am... St- Done. He's got to be
0: single, right? Listen,
3: oh, without question.
0: (laughs) He's definitely not a parent. (laughs) Well,
3: he's definitely not a parent. I mean, if he is, that's that's trouble right there. He sounds like a college junior. (laughs) There are there. It's exactly right, because there are two occasions where I could sleep for 13 to 14 hours. One is when you're a newborn. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Right? <laughs> and when when they're sleeping well, we certainly know it doesn't happen all the time. Yeah. But that's when you had the best chance of getting that long sleep. And the other right is when you're ungodly drunk and have a, hung- a hangover. And yeah. You just are staying in bed. I remember at, at Notre Dame occasionally I would wake up right before lunch ended at the cafe at two. You know, just so I could get in and get some absorption in my body. But but those and those aren't me trying to. There are reasons for 13 to 14. This dude is trying to do it every single night.
0: I see. And you hear all the time about like sleep dead, because when you talk about that drunk sleep, you're not sleeping very well. Your heart rate's really up like it's trash sleep. This guy sleep dead all the time. That idea that if you're not getting enough sleep, that just rolls over and you're having to wear that all the time. If this dude is this dedicated, he's got to wake up every day with a brain like the movie Limitless, when Bradley Cooper's doping with NZT. Like we only use 10% of our brain. I'm getting like six hours of sleep if I'm lucky at night. I can't imagine the speed that this guy's mind is operating on on a daily basis. That's terrifying. You
4: guys, you guys, he's married with a child.
0: Come on. What? Boom. I need to do everything. We thank you for sticking with us today. We're going to do more research on this guy. Download, subscribe, rate, review. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you tomorrow.